Kevin, you're married. I am. You ever get in trouble with your wife and have to buy her flowers? More than I'd like to admit. Let me tell you a little secret. Next time, try getting her an edible arrangement. What's that? Well, it's better than flowers because you can eat it. Like, I know there are some flowers you can eat, but they're not very good. Not like an edible arrangement. This is fresh fruit covered in milk chocolate or dark chocolate. There's also cookies or brownies and every kind of delectable dessert that you can think of. My wife loves all those things. And just to entice you a little more, you can get $10 off an order of $59 or more by going to cultofsplat.com slash edible and using the code A-F-F-L-G-E-N-1-0. I know that's kind of a weird one, so I'll repeat it. A-F-F-L-G-E-N-1-0. And that'll get you $10 off any order of $59 or more at Edible Arrangements. I should probably pre-order because I'm going to get in trouble in a matter of minutes. Time and the living is easy. It is summer of splat. This is Cult of Splat, and I am your host, Taylor Bartle, joined once again by my co-host, Kevin Nesgoda. Yo, how goes it? Goes uh goes pretty well. How how goes you? Good. Just enjoying, like, you know, the perfect summertime weather here down in Southern California, you know, mid-80s. 70, 79 here, which it feels super hot. That's way too warm for Seattle. Yeah. That is way too warm. Seattle's like meant to like, you know, top out about 73 with a breeze. Right. Yeah. I just went and had to get my dog, her dog food and then did not realize I was going to be carrying this 30 pound bag of dog food, like six blocks in 80 degree weather. Oh no. Should have taken the car. In hindsight. But we're so Next used time. to we're so used to walking to the pet store, but we're not used to getting thirty pound bags of food. Oh, yeah. Why'd you get a bigger bag this time? Because uh, they didn't have the smaller bag. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, now you'll just have <laughs> lots of dog food. You know, you won't have to do this until it like starts to cool down. Like, no, oh, you probably won't make it to the end of August, but maybe, maybe that's that's probably about what we'll make it to. Yeah, yeah. She's a big girl. She eats a lot. Oh, like our big girl. She eats way too much. She's a fat chonk. <laughs> we got her at about 55 pounds, and I think she's about 85, 90 now. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what our dog is, but that's she's supposed to be around 80. Yeah, ours, she's she's a little thick. You know, when we got sick like you know for the month and a half like she ate and she didn't get any walks i took her for a two and a half mile walk last night and um oh she she was dragging ass at the end (laughs) my wife calls those death marches like i I can do those all day and the dog and my wife apparently cannot (laughs) yeah i remember you telling me when you first got her you're like we've been marching her and she's still just a ball of energy so it's nice to hear that she's finally wearing down a little bit Thank God, because, yeah, we would take her for, like, five, six-mile walks at first, and she'd, like, we'd come home, she'd like, um, okay, great, we've had a six-minute rest, it's time to get back out there and yeah. uh, do it again. Okay, playtime like, now. 
Playtime. No, lay down, go to bed. <laughs> we just walked you for two and a half hours. Chill the fuck out. Well, summer, of course, great for hikes. Also great for camping. I love camping. All these things you do in... Where? The great outdoors. Oh, yes. You see that segue? You see that segue action? That was perp. Nailed it. Nailed it. Of course, today we are talking about the 1988 comedy, The Great Outdoors. Rotten Tomato, tomato meter score, 41%. What the fuck is wrong with the critics on this one? This is one of the comedy classics of the 80s. It is a top tenor for sure. And as everybody knows, the 80s was just loaded with amazing comedy classics. Yeah, I posted the the teaser on uh, social media and one of our followers was like, hold up, that's rotten? Apparently, like, I was shocked when we came upon this. Like, there's no way. This is like prime Ackroyd and Candy. Yeah, this Prime Ackroyd and Candy. This was a movie I remember growing up watching repeatedly and me and my dad just quoting it constantly. Yeah. I think this was the first, like, one of the first movies I watched with my stepdad. You know, well, not stepdad, he's my dad. But, um, yeah, like, he's like, you're going to love this. And then we went camping, like, right after we watched it. Yeah, great father-son movie. Yeah. Good for bonding, just like the Seattle Supersonics. That's that's true. Me and my dad did that a lot, too. Yep. <laughs> it's good times. Audience score, 70%, which is in itself a little low, in my opinion. Yeah, this should be pushing around 85, 90, I feel. Yeah, I this, mean, is, there, this is classic. This is, it's a classic. It's good Howard Deutsch. It's, you know, written and produced by John Hughes. Who never made fucking a real, John or, Hughes? <laughs> he never did a bad movie in his whole life. Come on now. We're talking about Sixteen Candles. We're talking about Breakfast Club. We're talking about Home Alone. Fucking John Hughes. Didn't he also do um, that Matthew Broderick, uh, Ferris Bueller? Wasn't that Ferris John Hughes Bueller? Too? Yeah. Why didn't I just pull up his? filmography real quick what what, why am i just like you know sitting here with my thumb up my ass yeah we've got the whole world of information at our fingertips yeah 16 candles breakfast club weird science pretty in pink ferris bueller some kind of wonderful jesus christ it goes on and on and on and on mr mom is a classic um national lampoon's vacation classic i'm just looking planes trains and automobiles for the love of god john hughes did no wrong dutch Dutch was an amazing back in 91. Man's Beethoven, a legend. Eh, that's all right. It was good, a good dog movie. I used to love Beethoven when I was a kid. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, so I don't know how it holds up. But Yeah, I have no idea. But it would just make me sad now, I think, since they talk about like you know euthanizing hundreds of dogs at once. So anyway. And plus, plus Charles Grodin is dead. Yeah, RIP. Yeah, this uh, yeah. Uh, John Hughes, legend. Classic Factory. Can we just put him in the... Hall of, our Hall of Fame right now, even though I think he has like two. I know movies. we have. We, I know we have another one on the list. I can't think of what it is right now, but I know there's another John Hughes movie on the list. Oh, I'm looking at our list, and yeah, there's got. I can't. It's not popping out at me right now, but I know. Oh, it's Weird Science. Oh yeah, Weird Science. Oh, I'm so excited for that one. Kelly LeBrock was prime Kelly LeBrock in that movie. Anyway, uh, anyway, we're we're not talking about Weird Science. He's getting a little today. too excited. <laughs> Today we're talking about Great Outdoors. Uh, no critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes for this one. Yeah, like 41%. I could see it just like, you know, 
it's close to 50 50 you know 60 40 but still uh and uh, a lot of the reviews were very just kind of bare bones so what i did was i pulled a quote from uh the the most robust of the reviews all right uh this is from matthew sorrento of identity theory I have no idea who that goober is. I, I don't know what identity theory is. I've never even heard of that outlet, but. Yeah, which makes me think maybe we could actually start submitting to Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> if that goomba can. Why am I using like Italian terms right now? I have no idea. Oh, I thought it was just a Super Mario Brothers term. Oh, it could be. I think goomba was like originally like the uh, like foot soldiers for the Italian mob. No, I think you're right. <laughs> Uh, but Matthew Sorrento says, at the onset, it seems that Candy, as in uncle, plays the lower class half. That's what he, he, what the he, fuck? he apparently omitted the word buck, um, plays the lower yeah. class half. Yet by the end, we learn that the in-law is actually broke, essentially cousin Eddie in disguise. That's his review. I'm like, what the, f-? that's not even a review. That's just some stuff that happens. Yeah. That's like, you know, very, very poor, like, you know, you know, observation. Yeah, and no also, wonder we've never heard of this guy or this website or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and is his whole complaint that it's not Uncle Buck or Vacation? That is a pretty piss poor complaint because, you know, both those are great movies in themselves. And this is a great movie in itself. <sighs> yeah, just a very strange review. And But like I said, so many of the other ones that I saw were just like, not very good. And it's like, well, tell me why. Yeah. Well, I mean, this movie has it all. It has laughs. It has heart. It has a good storyline. It has a little horror. Yeah. It's got a bald-headed bear. Played by the late, great Bartha Bear. Exactly. Who's in, like, in everything. Like, he... if there was a bear in the movies in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was Bart the Bear. W- was he in BJ and the Bear? Probably. He was in <laughs> Legends of the Fall. He was in two Brad Pitt movies. <laughs> Uh, BJ and the bear. There's a concept I can't get enough of a man and his monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Howard Deutsch. uh, And like we said, of course, written by the classic factory, John Hughes. IMDb synopsis is about as bare bones it gets. A Chicago man and his family go camping with his obnoxious brother-in-law. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, they don't really go camping with him. He kind of crashes the party, but. Right. And Howard Deutsch directed some American Horror Story. Did he really? Yeah. What season? He did. Uh, he did Coven and Freak Show. Uh, okay. <laughs> I liked Coven. Coven wasn't bad. Freak Show, eh? I didn't finish. Murder House still the best in my opinion. Oh yeah, easy. Okay, so uh, should we head to the North Woods of Wisconsin? I think we should. Let's let's take a trip, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> How about let's go camping and let's not rip off a couple of our favorite podcasters. <laughs> it's okay. We know they don't listen. That's true. Good point. Bastards. Maybe, maybe they'll actually listen to this episode since they talk about this movie quite a bit. Yeah, this will be the one they'll listen to and then we'll get a C and D. Mm. <laughs> They're never going to guest, guest on this now. <laughs> oh, well, let's go camping. Let's, let's go to Canada. Dive in. It's, it's Wisconsin though, right? Oh, it is. They kept saying, like, Northwood, so I kept thinking of, like, you know, Canada. Well, yeah, and he also, when they talk about the old guy, he says he's the oldest man in Canada. Yeah, but it takes place in the fictional town of Pechagin, Wisconsin, apparently. 
Pachagan. I don't remember them ever saying that, but. I don't think they once said Pachagan, nor did I see a sign that said Pachagan. Yeah, all they ever said was the North Woods. Yeah, but Pachagan does seem like a place you would find in Wisconsin. It sounds like like Sheboygan or like one of those. She- yeah, like where everybody's eating cheese curds, weighs 467 pounds, and, you know, <laughs> can't fit in an airplane. Yep. Yep. We love you, Wisconsin. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Uh, by the way, shout out once again to South Africa. We were up to 19 on the film review charts on Apple Podcasts in South Africa. Hell yeah. South Africa fucking loves us. So, we love you, South Africa. Thank you, South Africa. Uh, make sure you, you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, whether you're from South Africa, North Africa, North Korea, South Korea, North America. Fucking, I don't care where you're from. Just go leave South us five America. stars right now. North Asia, South Asia, Scandinavia. Or the North Woods. Look at that. Or the North Woods. I did it again. Had it right back in. And brought it right back in. Segway roll. (laughs) All right. So we open up on the Ripley family driving in their station wagon, singing along to Yakety Yak. No Ellen, though. No Ellen? Yeah, Ellen Ripley. Oh, I was. I thought you were talking about Ellen DeGeneres, and I was like, "Why would Ellen be there?" <laughs> no, Ellen Ripley. No, no, Ellen Ripley. Just uh, Chet, the dad, played by, of course, John Candy, late great legend. Yes, uh, the mom, Connie, played by the Man Maker. To our fellow How I Met Your Mother fans. Oh my God, that was her. <laughs> I kept like, why does she look so familiar? I was like, I swear to God, I've seen her in a TV show. Did I look at her IMDb? No, I did not. I should have. We were watching something the other day that she was on. And uh, I was like, oh, hey. And my girlfriend goes, yeah, the man maker. And I was like, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> I was thinking of the great outdoors. Uh, and then their two sons, Ben and Buck. Terrible names for children. But it was the 80s. <laughs> That's true. Well, his name was Buckley, which isn't. As bad. They called him Buck. Which, again, like Uncle Buck? Homage? Yeah. Oh, I Yeah, because Uncle Buck came out of, what, in 83? Uh, 80, something like that? Or 80, 86? It was, it was it, before it's this. It was before yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. One of the years before this. Even though there was many years before this. <laughs> yeah. So they show up to this lodge and... Chet is like, man, this this place hasn't changed. And you hear Connie go, you'd think they would have made some improvements. <laughs> I was reading up about this place. This was filmed um, just north of Fresno in the Sierra Nevadas at Bass Lake. And apparently it oh. still hasn't changed a whole lot. I just kind of assumed it was filmed in Canada. <laughs> no, apparently, yeah, they shot it in like north of Fresno. Huh. Yeah, I would have thought like BC like somewhere. Canada. Yeah. Well, yeah, and everybody in it is from Canada. Yeah, exactly. But Chet parks the car in between these four trees and everyone throws their doors open and rams them into the trees. They're like, oh, watch the doors. Watch the doors, kids. And Chet's like, whoa, trees in the parking lot. Nature's everywhere. Has he not been there before? Even though he says he's been there like numerous times with his dad and he brought, you know, Connie up there. He's all like, where the fuck these trees come from? You know, yeah. those trees are like 100 years old. They went there on their honeymoon, they said. Yeah, which was like 12 years ago. Right. 15 years ago. Something. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the, well, you, no, you said the trees are probably a hundred years old. So I was going to say maybe the trees are new, but clearly not. I, yeah. Usually you don't like plant old trees <laughs> in parking lots from my, 
from my limited construction knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but we also see this Mercedes headed down the road. We just get a real quick, quick glimpse through the windshield of it. We have no idea who this is. Right. Back at the lodge, Chet points out the shotgun lamp. And they go up. To- Chekhov's gun, anyone? Hey, literally. Literally. It's like the only time I can literally think of a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. In a movie. Chekhov's shotgun. Shotgun lamp. But they go up to the counter and there's nobody there and they're kind of looking around. And then they see a sign that says, for prompt service, blow me. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, there's this horn. And Chet takes it, and at first he's just like, <laughs> and then he finally just, you know, fills his lungs with air and just blasts out this big old honk. Viking raid about to commence. It's it's like the booby horn. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> Scene. Uh, this dog jumps up with like porcupine quills sticking out of its face. <laughs> <laughs> and then this old couple, uh, Wally and Juanita, <laughs> come out. I can't believe her name is Juanita. I was like, I was looking at the credits and I saw Juanita and I was like, that can't be the old lady. <laughs> no, that sounds like, you know, maybe the girl that's dancing in the bar at the, you know, in the credits. Yeah. But no, it's this old white lady named Juanita. <laughs> and then Wally is her husband wearing a t-shirt that says, I've been to Duluth. I want that t-shirt. Uh, I know where you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it online. Sweet. I'm going to get it. I've never been to Duluth, but, you know, maybe our buddy Chris will appreciate me repping uh, Minnesota a little bit. Duluth in Minnesota, right? Duluth, Minnesota. That sounds right. It sounds right. Yeah. I don't know America's Midwest. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, that's flyover territory. Yeah, it's literally flyover terror. Nobody cares about you anyway. You have way too much power in our politics, but anyway. Uh, apparently the dog's name is Wormer, and <laughs> and she hates people. <laughs> Loves porcupines. Hates people. She's in heat, too. You're not a dog. <laughs> I love how he looked at Bug right as he said that. Like, My dog will fuck you. My dog will <laughs> fuck you so good. He will love you strong. (laughs) (laughs) But so uh, Wally and Juanita take them to the cabin that they'll be staying at with Wally riding on the hood of the car. Uh, This cabin. I don't think I'd allow that. (laughs) I I mean, I think it was all his property. So who cares? Uh, That's true. But this cabin they're staying at is called the Loon's Nest. Very Minnesotan. That's true. Yeah. Not very Wisconsin. I was going to say, even though they're in Wisconsin. Maybe it's right on the border, theoretically. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Wally tells him, enjoy your stay. Chet, you know, looks at the cabin. He says, oh, how could we not in a place like this? And under his breath, Wally says, well, you could get the shits from the well water. What was that? <laughs> What'd he say? Connie's <laughs> just like, I don't know. I didn't catch it. Such a great line. So well delivered. Yeah. Uh, we see the Mercedes pull up with a license plate that says Roman 1. And who should pop out of the driver's seat but Dan Aykroyd. Dun, 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 dun. His second appearance on the podcast. That's right. And his hair is all meticulously quaffed. All Aykroyded. Yep. Uh, his wife, Annette Benning, who plays uh, Kate. 
I think this was uh, Annette Benning's first film role. No way. Yeah. I think it was her debut. Really? It was. This was her first ever movie. She did a few television shows, but this was her first movie. I'll be goddamn. But she's well, not a bad movie to start on. No. A John Hughes movie? Yeah, and she, like, the year before, got nominated for a Tony and Best Featured Actress. Is she Canadian? Uh, she is from Topeka. Oh. That's not very Canadian. No. No. But she starts complaining about, you know, being in the woods. And Roman, Dan Aykroyd, says, hey, how many times have we invited Chet and Connie to the islands with us? A dozen? And she's like, well, this is a little different because... We weren't invited. <laughs> Meanwhile, inside the cabin, uh, Chet and Connie are just finding fish all over the house. So gross. And Chet is just like, oh, I found out what was stinking up the shower and holds up this giant fish. Where the fuck do they get that in a lake? That is not a lake fish. <laughs> and how did they not notice it right away? Yeah, you know, showers usually do not have that many nooks for things to hide in. Exactly. Not in my experience, at least. But uh, they start kind of fooling around. Chet undoes Connie's dress, says, hey, you know, the kids are down at the lake. We've got the whole place to ourselves. You could run around here naked as a jaybird. And they start kind of making out, getting uh, getting frisky. Chet's like, I, I want to I play fashion parade. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be she, what was it? Shilana. Shilana, Tempest of the Woods. The Oak, the oak Woman. woman. <laughs> I love being the oak tree woman. And I'll be Bert. Bert. A guy named Bert. <laughs> I say this to my wife quite often, and she never understands it. Oh, women. Like, I know. She's like, why do I get to be something cool? And you get to be like some guy named Bert. <laughs> do you tell her it's you could also a- be, you could also be Smokey's cousin, Horny the bear. <laughs> I do. And she's like, uh, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> She's like, wherever this is going, I don't want to be a part of it. Um, I understand. So then well, we see Roman and uh, Kate and their two weird, creepy little twin daughters come into the cabin. And Roman's got his video camera out and he's taping Chet and uh, Connie getting frisky. And so Chet sees him and, you know, kind of starts yelling at him. And then we cut to Chet and Roman are hanging out on the porch. And... Chet's just like, oh, so uh, you'll be here all week, huh? What a oh yeah, what a great surprise. Roman's just like nodding and winking. It's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm with you. You're gonna love it. Yeah, but he's like, you know, why would you want to come out to these godforsaken woods and just live like a barbarian for a week? And Chet explains to him, you know, that he used to come up here with his dad, and he has all these memories. And he really wants to share some of those memories with his son and, you know, build the same memories with them. Fair enough. And Roman's you like, know. look out there. Let me tell you what I see. I see the underdeveloped <laughs> resources of Minnesota and Wisconsin. I see a paper bill, a paper mill. And if the the uh, elements are there, a mining operation. I see condos. I see the latest in medical waste safely contained in the lake. Now you tell me, Chet, what do you see? Trees. I just see trees. <laughs> no one ever accused you of being a great visionary. 
Now Roman's like, you know, maybe maybe it's for the best. The ambitious scramble for wealth while the Chet Ripley's of the world casually stroll along on life's path. And I mean that as a compliment. The rest of us will probably die of heart attacks and strokes long before you. Oh, God, I hope so. That's <laughs> like, wouldn't that be great seeing a bunch of people <laughs> drop dead that you hate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect candy line right there. Perfect candy. Just under his breath. So well delivered, so earnest, and yet hilarious all the way through. Yeah, I like. I love he says. I, I love the way he says it. Like while he's laughing. Yeah, he's like he's hiding it from Roman just enough where Roman thinks he's joking, but you know, you can see on his face he's dead serious. Yeah, absolutely. But Chet says, "All right, I'm gonna go get the barbecue ready. We're gonna make some hot dogs tonight." And Roman is just like, "Hot dogs? No relative of mine is gonna eat hot dogs in my cabin." And surprisingly, Chet doesn't say, your cabin. <laughs> he kind of insinuates it later in the movie, but not right now. He's just like, you know what? Maybe there's foot in half the bill and money's been tight this week. You know, selling boats in Chicago or something, whatever. I don't know what he does. He just seems like a boat salesman or some shit in Chicago. <laughs> I don't think they ever say what he does. Roman is obviously a uh, investor, like a uh, hedge fund manager kind of thing. Yeah, and like they uh, refer to like, you know, Candy makes maybe 50K at most in 1988, which actually is probably really good in, you know, 1988. That's decent money, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they ever say what he does. But uh, Roman says, you know, hot dogs. We're not eating hot dogs. You know what those are made of? Lips and assholes. (laughs) And Chet's like, I guess I'm old fashioned. I like assholes. (laughs) (laughs) But so Roman makes some lobster tails instead. And they look like good lobster tail. Yeah, they did. Now, I kind of want some lobster now. And Chet pretends to hit him with like a barbecue fork or something. I'm not sure what kind of tool it was, but some kind of barbecue tool. And he was just like, ah, you. Yeah, yeah I'm going to fucking brand you later. And just <laughs> looking it up real quick. 50K in 1988 equates to 121,000 now. Not too shabby. That is a damn good living back in 1988. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought the audience should know that because, you know, I'll save you the Google trip. I appreciate the effort. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. And it's I'm not to provide comedy or, you know, color commentary. I'm sure Charles will appreciate the research since he yelled at us for not doing research. Damn it, Chuck. So that night, Roman talks about tomorrow he's going to go out and rent a ski boat. He's like, who wants to go on the ski boat with Uncle Roman? And Chet's like, oh, no, we're, we're good. We're going to go get a pontoon boat. And Roman's just like, a pontoon boat? What the fuck are you going to do with a pontoon boat? And he's, Chet says, you know... Invade, you, reinvade Normandy. <laughs> Chet says, you know, you cruise the lake in comfort. Or, no, sorry, Roman says that. He, but that's that's what Chet says. He says, you know, you, you go out and you relax, you bring the barbecue, and you just you cruise the lake in comfort. And Roman says, you kids want to cruise the lake in comfort, or you want to skim the waves in a jet boat with your Uncle Roman? Jet boat! <laughs> Then, yeah, Ben. Ben says jet boat, and then he's like, "Sorry, Dad." Yeah, woo. I do jet boat too. Jet boats are fun. And then somebody I don't remember who asks if the kids want to go out and collect fireflies. And I guess it was Kate says that the girls don't like bugs. And Roman's like, "Come on, all kids like bugs, especially fireflies. Their butts light up." And the girls shriek. Yeah, they just start screaming. Why would that be scary? I don't know. Yeah, they were creepy kids anyway. Yeah, they are. But so later that night, they're getting ready to play Monopoly. 
And Chet's going around the room, turning off all the lights. And he says, look, I have to tell you the story because it just might save your life. Love a good camping and scary story. He says when Connie and him came for their honeymoon, he heard something outside. And he looked outside and he saw this bear. And he said this thing was, when it stood up, it was eight feet high. And it had big white teeth, fangs, stained pink from whatever it killed just before it came to our cabin. And it had big black claws, razor sharp like Freddy Krueger. And it was hungry for blood, human blood. So he grabbed the shotgun and the bear stood up and roared. And Chess just makes this big bear noise. Says the bear started shaking the walls and the windows were shaken. The floorboards too somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Poorly constructed cabin. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. But so he raised the gun and he aimed and he fires and the buckshot grazes the top of the bear's head and shaves the hair clean off. (laughs) He says, I still hear from my uncle every now and then who tells us the story about the bald headed bear of Clare County. (laughs) Then he's like, so if you hear something later in the night, whatever you do, don't look out the window. And then he yells something that I couldn't make out. Yeah. I still don't get what he yells. He's just like, yeah. But he's got a glass of brandy or something that he throws in the fire. And this fire shoots out of the top of the chimney. <laughs> brandy is flammable. I cook with brandy sometimes and flambe with it. But it doesn't go up that much. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone gets all mad. Connie you know, gets mad at him for giving the kids nightmares. And Roman is just like, I'm 25 pounds overweight. You think my heart needs this? It's a fair point. Now that I'm older and overweight, I get it. I understand. You don't want a shot to the heart like that. It hurts a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, Chet's just having fun. Yeah. He he goes and he talks to Ben and he tells him, you know, it's just a story that my dad told me and I'm telling you guys and it's not real. Don't worry about it. It's just a just a tale, just a legend. And so Roman overhears this and decides he better go talk to his girls and explain to them that it's just a story. He's like, I love the story he tells them. I know. He's like, look, I know that stories like Uncle Chet's can be very traumatizing. And I know firsthand because my Uncle Roy once told me a story about a family that was attacked by a band of escaped army psychiatric patients (laughs) who had been subject to hellish violent behavior modification experiments. And he just keeps going. He's like, anyways, they escaped from the boxes the army kept them in, found this family and slaughtered and ate them. And then he just goes, but there is no bear. <laughs> anyway, good night. <laughs> Sleep well. You know, even like now, if I found out like some shit like at a, I, I don't think there's any presence near us, but if like, you know, something like that happened, I would be, you've, you've been to my house. I have like w- walls for window or windows for walls. Nothing stopping things from like that from coming in here <laughs> and eating my wife and two dogs. It's true. But the girls just lay there in the bed with their eyes open like fucking weirdos. They're fucking creepy as shit. Yeah. If there was a remake of The Shining in 1988, these girls would have been excellent twins <laughs> to stand in front of the blood elevator. But so we see these raccoons approach. And every time we see these raccoons, there's like uh, subtitles. 
They're having conversations. Yeah. What's so weird with raccoons having conversations? But so they say, you know, they notice the license plate and say, oh, these people are from Chicago. We're going to be eating good tonight. And they're like, oh, shit, lobster tail. And they're like, and raw hot dogs. And the other one's just like, hot dogs? You know what those are made of? Lips and assholes. Lips and assholes. <laughs> Cut to the next morning. Uh, the girls are still laying in their bed with their eyes wide open. <laughs> so they obviously didn't blink all night. If they slept, they slept with their eyes wide open. Yeah, do they sleep? No. No, not those two. They haunt and they wait. But Roman's trimming his nose hairs and he's talking on a big Zach Morris phone. And I thought that was fake back then. Like when I first saw this movie, I was like, that technology doesn't exist. <laughs> What's a cordless phone? Come on now. But he's trying to make some kind of deal. He's telling somebody, you know, it's three days and $25,000. And then he's just like, oh. I lost service. You probably hung up on your own. (laughs) Why would a a minister hang up on me? I've been to his church. Once. You've been to his (laughs) church once. (laughs) He also says, why do Chet's kids look at him like he's Zeus and my kids look at me like I'm a rack of yard tools at Sears? As he's scratching his ass with his inner towels, his kids are looking at him. Yeah. So the next day they're renting the ski boat. Chet and Buck go to get some hot dogs for everybody. And Buck says, look, I just, you know, I'm going to go walk around and just kind of cruise the town and see what's up. So Chet says, you know, that's fine, but give me a hug. Buck's like, I'm too old for hugs. You don't hug your teenage son in public. That's just a no-no. Yeah. Yeah, it's At least it was for me. Hugs, in my opinion at least between a father and a son, kind of like this, a bell curve where like, it's okay. And then there's a time where it's not okay. And then it gets okay again. Yeah. Like if my dad wanted to hug now in public, cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, you know, 20 years ago, mm, it's cool, dad. Yeah. No, I'm good. Just now I'm good. High five. All right. Yeah. Fist bump. All right. Just go that way. Don't look at me anymore. <laughs> You're bothering me, Padre. But so Chet uh, is driving the boat. And Roman's yelling at him from the dock. He's like, you have it in neutral. (laughs) So he finally puts it into drive and it like pulls up onto the dock. And Roman just does like the the classic Ackroyd laugh where he's just like. (laughs) (laughs) And with a chef kiss. I love the name of the boat too. Suck my wake. Suck my wake. Yeah. So Chet is on the dock and he's teaching Ben how to ski. And he's saying, you know, you got to lean back. And if there's trouble. What do you do? You just let go of the rope. Always let go of the rope. And so Roman and Kate and Connie are in the boat and they're getting real impatient. And so they're like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, Chet kind of waves at him and they're like, oh, I guess he's going to go. He's going. So Roman throws it into gear and takes off. Chet bounces his ass off the dock and hits the water. Leave skid marks somehow with the skis on the dock. <laughs> yeah. And Ben is just like, Dad, let go of the rope. You just spent 45 minutes telling me what to do in a situation like this, and yet you are not doing it. Yeah. But so he's skiing and freaking out, and he's yelling at Roman. He's like, you bastard! You bastard! What's he saying? I think he's saying faster. Faster? All right. Faster! They're already doing like 40, which is way too fast to go skiing. Yeah. But Roman just 
kicks it into the next gear. And uh, they like go, they pass a bunch of other boats as Chet kind of, you know, swings outward. And he's just like, I'm dead. I'm dying. I'm dead. I'm dying. Yeah, that was some good stunt work, honestly. Like, you know, threading that needle. Yeah. At least from like the, uh, the angles that they shot it at. It looked like he was going through like a four foot gap between like docks and other boats. Yeah. And like everyone's ducking to avoid the rope and uh, he skis over this little bushel, I guess. I don't know what you call it, but a little thing of, of cattails. Yeah. Cat. Yeah. Whatever it's called, which I, I had to look up, which, and here's what I looked up long grass with hot dog on the end. Cause that's what they look like. <laughs> and you know what? It worked. I found it. <laughs> I bet you're not the only person who's done that today. Uh, apparently. But there's also a jump somehow in this little uh, thing of cattails. I just that... assumed it was a down log that he. Oh, maybe over. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was definitely like a hidden jump. Yeah, for the stuntman. He goes flying, loses a ski, so now he's skiing along on one ski, and all these people are looking at him like, "Oh man, that guy's really good, really fucking good." But finally, he just lets go of the rope and bails. And he like stands up in the wake and then just kind of falls over to the side. Oh, I'd love doing that. My dad's like, you're not that tired. Get up. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I'm reenacting John Candy. (laughs) They go home and Chet starts packing. And Connie's like, you know, what are you doing? What, what happened? And he's like, what happened? Roman dragged me all over the goddamn lake. That's what happened. I'll be picking (laughs) splinters out of my ass until the day I die. And Connie asks, you know, what about the kids? And Chet goes, what about his kids? They're spooky. I'm waiting for their heads to spin around <laughs> and pea soup to come shooting out. Thank you for reiterating what we all wanted to say this entire movie. But then I love Connie goes, I meant our kids. And Chet goes, our kids already do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boys at that age. Pro- I Yeah, I don't look for. I'm not having kids, so I, I you know. Pity my brother here in about 10 years. Hell yeah. Team Dinkwad over here. That's right. What's the wad part? With a dog. Oh, yeah. Dinkwads. Dual income, no kids with a dog. I got two dogs, though. That kind of throws everything off, though. You're a, a dink. What's it? What is it? It becomes German and you can't pronounce German words. That's true. Yeah. But Connie talks him into staying tickles him into submission he like grabs her by the throat and is just like why did you do this to me just jokingly jokingly not like it is the 80s but you know he loves his wife (laughs) make sure i specify that yeah and he's like why did you do this to me now i have to spend a week with roman and she's like you know all right we'll come down for dinner roman's making goat cheese pizza and Chet, chet makes a huge deal of this which but i'm like that sounds fucking good yeah, I love a goat cheese pizza. But, yeah. you know, goat cheese back in, like, the 80s? Was, you know, no one outside of, like, Eastern Europe really ate goat cheese. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like a good feta pizza. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, man. With some potatoes and leeks. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. But Chad is just like, what kind of pizza? And Connie's like, a, a, a big pizza. like A big, a big man pizza. <laughs> that's not what you said. I heard goat in there. Is he making goat pizza? <laughs> Also, go curry, pretty goddamn good. And so is like birria tacos, also made with like, you know, slow roasted goat. I don't know that I've actually had goat meat. I've had lamb. Goat meat. I like goat meat better than lamb. 
Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm not like craving it, but you know, if it's around, I'll have it. Uh, let's see. Wally brings the, the twins to Roman and says that he found him in the mine. He says, there's, you know, there's a nearby mine and the kids like to go there and yell down into it and hear the echo coming back. He's like, I don't even want to tell you what the teenagers do there. <laughs> they neck. <laughs> they fuck. <laughs> Hard. And quick. I know, because I watch. <laughs> They're in and out. Just like that. Yeah, they are. They're in and yeah. out, all right. hey <laughs> But he's like, you know, make sure you tell Ripley, too. And then, I don't know, I have a... I don't know if it's the next day or what, but we cut to them showing up to this bar or lounge, whatever. And, you know, Roman's like, we could have seen a female Elvis impersonator, but instead you want to say happy birthday to some guy you've never met. I'm with Roman on this one. Yeah. Chat's just like, you know, the guy's turning 109. He's the oldest man in Canada. I think, I think that's really cool. And I, I just want to, you know, tell him congratulations. Roman's like, I'd rather see a 46 inch bust singing hunk of hunk of bird in love. Again, I'm with Roman on this one. Yeah. 109's way too old, by the way. Yeah. Wally is there. He's bartending in this hideous polyester suit. Looks like he's ready to go to the prom in 1967. Yeah. Apparently the pants right up the ass, something fierce. (laughs) But the kids go and they're talking to Mr. Tompkins, this 109-year-old man. And uh, they're, they're trying to talk to him and the guy's not responding. So they're just, you know, yelling at him. They're like, I think he's hard of hearing. And so Chet goes to take their picture and he's like, girls, why don't you get, give him a nice kiss on the cheek? And Wally's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Chet says, what kind of man wouldn't want a nice kiss on the cheek? And Wally says, a dead one. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, he died on the car on the way over. And I'm like, and you propped him up for people to come. <laughs> this is not weekend at Bernie's. Right. Uh, yeah, that that's gross, Wally. Yeah, Wally, don't do that again. Please. Bad decision. Yeah. This is why people don't trust guys named Wally. Yeah. Wally Walker. At least I don't. Yeah. We get a burning hadn't even happened yet. So he there's nowhere he could have got this like idea outside of being a sick fuck. I mean, maybe this is where Weekend at Bernie's got the idea. Oh, good point. They're like, what if? He was like Roman Craig, but dead. <laughs> Think about it. We then see Ben and Buck playing pool. Uh, the timelines on this, I don't know what. It's day. all over the place. Yeah, I don't know when this is. Like, is this the same day? Is this the next day? Is it like that night? I don't know. But they're playing pool. And Buck like pulls his stick back and accidentally goes right in between this girl's legs. If he was trying to hit on her, that was not a smooth move. No, she turns around real fast, flings his stick, gives him a dirty look. Yeah, even though like the next shot, it's her without the stick and him with it. Well, I think she put her stick down and maybe he grabbed her okay. stick. Maybe. Just his, back yeah, continuation. His, his stick went flying. Yeah, it's on the other side of the restaurant or bar or wherever the fuck they're at. Yeah, I guess it must have been the same day. They must have been playing. They must have been in the bar, playing pool. I guess. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but Buck is just smitten. He's just like, man, she is so cute. And Ben's like, violent, but cute. He's got a point. Yeah. That night, Chet 
and Ben and the twins go to the bear dump, which oh. everyone talks about like it's a thing that everyone's supposed to know. Is this is this a well-known thing? Are you familiar with bear dumps? Uh, the only time I've heard and seen a bear dump is in this movie. Yeah, I hear bear dump and I think does like does a bear shit in the woods. Exactly. Or, hey, that is a bear cub. Uh, I don't see mom run. Yeah. Which I've done a couple times. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> it's scary. But par- apparently it's a place where people go and dump their garbage and the bears come and eat it. Which is, and people go and park and watch the bears eat the garbage. That's just so mean to the bears. All all of it is just weird. Yeah, it's just it just screams of eighties like anti environmentalism. Even my dog is upset by this <laughs> in the background. She wants to go outside and chase squirrels. And she's bugging me now. Yeah, but I won't let her be a squirrel murderer. But Chet says Chet decides he wants to get the bears closer. So he takes a couple of Zagnut bars, which, Kevin, what's what's in a Zagnut bar? Look that up. Oh, all right. But he starts pulling out these these candy bars, these Zagnut bars, and he's like, here, you know, flings it at one of the bears. Bear starts eating it and then starts coming towards him. So he kind of like leaves them on the hood and the bear like climbs right up on the hood. You got it pulled up? Yep. Uh, Zagnut is basically Hershey's ripoff of Butterfinger. Oh, okay. So it's like the crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery. Peanut buttery. Nobody better lift finger on my Zagnut. Exactly. It's identical. Yeah, it's only chocolate on top, but with like peanut butter, crispy peanut butter for the rest. All right. Do they still make them? No, I think they stopped making uh, in 2009 was the last year they made them. Dude, I love Butterfingers, but just eating them feels like I'm just like eating cavities. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to break a tooth every time I, like, bite into one. Yeah. They're way too hard. Yeah. But this bear climbs up on the hood of the station wagon. Chet's just like, you know, he'll he'll get down once he's done eating. Just let him eat his candy and, and go. But the bear finishes and just starts, like, pawing at the windshield. Like, more, more, please. <laughs> that was good. I'm addicted, just like you fat Americans. <laughs> <laughs> but so Chet just, like backs the car out and then starts driving away with two bears on his car. <laughs> yeah. As he says, Yogi and boo boo in the flesh. That's kind of terrifying. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buck finds the girl that who he, you know, stuck the uh, pool cue in her cooch and he finds her just hanging out in this little pagoda and he starts talking to her and he's, he's trying to flirt and she's just ice queen, just shutting it down. She's like, fuck off, dude. I don't need your bullshit. Yeah, she basically says, you know, I, I see it all the time. You guys come in from the city and you want to hang out and be, you know, a summer fling. And then you turn around and head home. And he's like, well, I guess I met my first local. And she says, you don't know how local I am. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. That just did not sound good to me. I'm just like, does that mean you've never left? It sounds like she's never left that little town and she's never going to leave that t- little town. Yeah. But she also says, you know, I'm not a tourist attraction. Yeah, I can see that. Like when my wife and I were in Thailand from uh, um, we were like walking along this like beach community and there was like signs everywhere that says, uh, stay away from these huts. Gypsies are not tourist attractions. 
All right. All right. It, it, it always reminds me of that now. Yeah. That night, uh, Chet and Buck go out on a rowboat, and Chet gives Buck his father's ring, and they have like a nice little moment. Nice father-son moment. My dad never gave me a ring. You get a ring? No, my dad's got a necklace that I know I'm going to get when he dies, but we're not getting that moment where he hands it to me and says, this was my father's and now it's yours. I got to wait. Damn it, dad. I think I get a couple kayaks or something eventually. (laughs) That's not bad. No, I like kayaking, so. Yeah. Dad has a couple nice kayaks. At least it's something useful. That's true, especially down here. Back at the cabin, uh, we see the raccoons again. And the Chet has put rocks on top of all the, the uh, trash cans. And the raccoons are just like, rocks on top of the cans? That never works. We'll just knock the cans <laughs> over. <laughs> Smart raccoons. The next day, Buck finds the girl working at a drive-in. Um, like a drive-in restaurant, not like a drive-in theater. Finds out her name is Cammy. She says, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I was in a bad mood last night. And he's like, oh, you know, that's okay. And she's like, but I still meant everything I said. She's got a good point. Yeah. This I guy's mean, kind of annoying her at this point. But he says, you know, what time do you get off? And can I see you after work? And she's like, yeah, if you can find me. Ooh. All right, then. A challenge. Challenge accepted. I will knock you up before I leave in three days. Wait, that's not what he did. <laughs> Sorry, I channeled too much Barney Stinson there. Um, Chet, Ben, and Buck go and ride go-karts while Roman is golfing. And I'm, I'm, they're like nearby they're at the same complex, I assume, some kind of entertainment complex. And Roman hits Chet right in the eye with a golf ball. <laughs> that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt so badly. But what's weird is like you never see Chet with a black eye or anything. Like, no, there's like no bruise. Like, cause he took it like right under the eye. You know, maybe the sunglasses that he was wearing deflected it, or his safety goggles, or whatever he was wearing. But yeah, there should have been some bruising. Yeah, there's like no continuation of that. No, the continuation of this movie is not very good. But then everybody goes on a horseback ride, and Chet is trailing behind. He doesn't seem to really know how to ride a horse very well. So he, uh, you know, he tries to like slap it or whatever it is you do with a horse, give it a little, yeah. And the horse leans back and bites him. (laughs) And so Chet's like, all right, we'll do it your way. And he gets off and he starts trying to pull the horse and the horse isn't moving. So he's like, all right, I didn't want to do this, but you made me. And he like breaks a branch off a tree. Like he's like, he's making a switch. And the horse looks at him and just like, whoa, and then runs, just takes off. It's like, I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> Next thing we see is Roman and everyone else at in some kind of like barn or whatever. And Chet walks up just sunburned and tired. Roman's like, oh, you got hungry and had to eat the nag, huh? <laughs> Chet's, Chet's just like, I'm going home. I'm going home. Go and have a nap. <laughs> a little nap. Uh, let's see. We then see Roman and Chet. They're hanging out at the bar while everyone else is in the r- restaurant area. Or I guess just the wives and the girls. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think everybody was there. Well, Buck was at the carnival. I'm not sure if Ben was there. Oh, yeah. Good point. I can't remember. But Chet and Roman are at the bar talking to the bartender. 
And Chet's like, you know, sorry about him. My brother-in-law gets a couple cocktails in him and he becomes an expert on everything. And Roman's That's like, a shot. <laughs> Roman's like, oh, I don't need cocktails for that. Wait a second. Was that a shot? Was that a shot? <laughs> Chet's like, no, that was the truth. And Roman's like, that was a shot. And Chet's like, yes, that, that was a shot. A shot. That's that's one of the lines that I think me and my dad quote to each other a lot. We'll just like, was that, was a, that shot? a shot? And then Roman's like, speaking of shots, set him up. <laughs> uh, this guy walks in with just a streak of white right down the center of his hair. Yeah, the skunk haircut or whatever Roman called it. Yeah, the, the neo-skunk do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it was. The neo-skunk do. <laughs> Yeah, Chet's just like, hey man, how's it going? And the guy's like, well, it ain't ain't raining. He's like, yeah. Day Junior. He's like, yeah, I guess that's true. And the bartender says, you know, hey, have you guys have you guys met Reg? This is Roman says, that's quite the hairdo you got there, the whole neo skunk thing. Chet's like, Roman. And Roman goes, Well, he's got the hair. He's right there. He knows what's going on. And Reg just like, or uh, the bartender is like, Reg, how many times have you been struck by lightning now? And he's like, six, 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 six. Chet's just like, wow, six times, six really? Six times. That's like, a six, lot. Six, 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 six times in, 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 in the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was an Ask Reddit earlier today that I was reading. And like, it must have been Kismet because they talked about like some guy who got hit by lightning 21 times and then he committed suicide because he didn't want to get hit by lightning anymore. Oh my God. And then the day after his funeral, lightning hit his headstone. No fucking way. True story. Apparently. Holy shit. Right? Like he pissed off Thor Zeus, something fierce in some other life. Yeah. No kidding. But the bartender says, no one is as in, in tune with the barometric pressure as Reg here. If you see him running, you head for cover. I'd love to say, oh, you're so you're in tune with the barometric pressure, eh? When people talk about the weather. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? How many times have you been struck by lightning? <laughs> That's what I should follow up with. <laughs> it's like, obviously, you've never seen the great outdoors or cared to memorize, you know, iconic lines. <laughs> Random lines from it. Yeah. I'm like, why would I care about that? weirdo <laughs> in the restaurant we see kate and connie talking and kate tells connie that it's so lonely being wealthy i can imagine uh but she's saying you know roman's always off working sometimes we go a month without sex and connie's just kind of like really a month and kate says yeah sometimes the only way i can get off is by leaning against the washing machine when it's on a spin cycle <laughs> really does that work <laughs> You ever seen White or Whites? It's such a good line. <laughs> I love when they bring it back later, too. Yeah. Uh, but we see Buck takes Cammy out on a boat. They're on a boat. He he was somehow lucky enough to get her to agree to go on a boat with him. He, like, fucking stalked her and harassed her into going on a date with him, though. Yeah, just let's, let's real briefly go over the timeline of events between Buck and uh, Cammy here. They meet when he sticks a pool cue in her crotch. Yeah. Yeah. She, not, not a good start. Not a good she start. She yells at him and storms out. Okay. I would assume never to be seen again. He then stalks her, finds her at this pagoda thing. She tells him, I'm not a tourist attraction. Mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Get out of here. Leave me alone, kid. 
He continues to stalk her, finds her at work, says, can I hang out with you? And she says, if you can find me. He finds her at the carnival and then takes her on this weird. boat. That's, that's like, the timeline. When, they, when he finds her at the carnival, he doesn't say hi or anything. He just fucking stares at her. Yeah. Like, she's leaning against the thing and he comes up and he's just like, hey. you can't see me, but I'm just staring at, like, you know, I'm staring deep into Taylor's eyes right now. Okay, I get it then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, obviously we're meant to be together at this point. Yeah. And then she's like, one, you're not going to leave me alone. And if I tell you to fuck off, you're gonna just going to kill me. I mean, apparently she thinks it's romantic or something because she goes with him and gets on this boat. And, uh, you know, she says, look, I, I don't like to do this with guys who aren't from here. I've never had a boyfriend longer than two weeks. And so that's why I'm always so, you know, why I put off this vibe. And Buck is just like, look, I've never even had a girlfriend. And she says, what would you call me? And he goes, girlfriend? Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Do we need to reiterate the timeline? Do we need to do it again? (laughs) They've known, like, you know, he's known of her for like 12 hours. He's talked to her for up to 20 minutes. And of that 20 minutes, 15 of them, she hated his fucking guts. (laughs) Yeah, and five minutes into this boat ride, it's like, oh, you're my girlfriend. Name me one modern woman who wouldn't bash this dude in the head with an oar, drop him in the water, and paddle back. No. My wife would do that to me. Good. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I had that one coming. I would want her to do that to you. Thank you. (laughs) But she says, you know, she says, and you're leaving in three days. So that, you know explains everything and then she's just like well and they start making out and i think she gave him a hand job i'm assuming oh yeah that's exactly where it went <laughs> you go in a boat you paddle a girl out you know at minimum <laughs> yeah i mean yeah she has to because of right. the implications it, right <laughs> it's a hand job or shoot him in the back of the head it's one of the two <laughs> no one's in any danger but there's an implication. implication. <laughs> uh, that night, Kate comes out of her room screaming. <laughs> and Roma's just like, what? what's wrong? What happened? She's like, it touched me. And he says, it's been touching you for 12 years. And she says, no, that. And this thing's flying around the cabin. And he says, oh, it's just a little sparrow. And she's like, it's got ears, Roman. <laughs> so everyone just runs out of the cabin. Roman says, all right. Here's the plan of attack. Here's what we're going to do. Chet, go get a shovel and get rid of that thing. (laughs) And Chet's like, why me? I love Roman says, it's your cabin. We didn't order one with a bat. (laughs) So it's like, okay, now you're recognizing it's his cabin, but you're saying we didn't order one. (laughs) (laughs) And if they did, it would be batless. (laughs) Right. But Roman accuses Chet of wimping out. Chet's just like, I'm thinking there's a difference between wimping and thinking. Good line. I say that occasionally, too. Yeah. It's a good line, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's true. There is a difference. Big difference. Huge difference. Chet goes in, quickly comes back out. He's like, it buzzed me. We need a new plan. It's it's bigger than I thought. It's it's like a two-pounder. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Sounds like Balky Bartakamus. I think that's more what it came off rather than, you know, awkward saying, wow. That's a very accurate wow, though. Like, I think he does that in multiple movies. Just, wow. 
Yeah, I think he he did it in Ghostbusters, right? Mm-hmm, I believe so. Yeah, and he did he did it a few times in Spies Like Us. Yeah, yeah, it is an acroidism. But so Roman and Chet gear up. Roman has a wicker basket on his head, like a bu- <laughs> like a wicker bucket. I think it was a laundry basket. <laughs> yeah, or a waste basket or something. And something, he's got yeah. he's got a broom with a tennis racket, like duct tape to the end of it. Chet is wearing a raincoat with the hood up and he's got a bandana and sunglasses and he's carrying a tennis racket in one hand and like a fishing net in the other. Smart move. Smart move. Usually you want to go in with like a sheet, like on the end of like two sticks or brooms, you know, two upright devices type things. And you want to catch the bat in it and push it out the door or window. That's normally what you do. It's the easiest way. We've done it a couple times. There you go. If you've learned nothing from this podcast, use a two pole and to get rid of bats, according to Kevin Nesgoda. It's it's the easiest way. But they just chase this thing around. Uh, Roman tries to call it by making like kissing noises. Are you calling him or kissing him? Calling him. They make the high pitched noises. But it lands right on Chet's face. And Roman just whacks him across the face with the tennis racket. The physical comedy in and, this is next level. And then he kills it with a fly swatter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we got to get some sleep. And it's a backhanded fly swatter hit, too. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if that would kill it. No, I, I'm hoping it's already dead at yeah, that point. I, well, I mean, I think it was it was dying. Yeah. But a flesh water is not going to do anything to it. It's just going to annoy it as it's like, you know, taking its waning breaths. Yeah. Uh, next day, what does Buck do? Goes to Cammy's work. Just stalks her some more. Psycho. And he says, you know, can I see you after work? And she says, OK, but you better not ditch me. And he's like, if I ditch you, you have permission to never speak to me again for as long as we both shall live. Which makes sense, because if one of them dies, you're nearly not going to talk to that one physically. That's true. That night, they go to a restaurant called Paul Bunyan's Cupboard. I still want to go to this place or a place like it. I've never been to a place like this. And I really want to go, Taylor. I really want to go. Uh, Connie orders the Royal Canadian Mounted Beef Barley Soup, a bucket (laughs) of salad, and a medley of perch, which is a lot of food. And it's so much. I'm just imagining like a five-gallon bucket full of a Caesar salad, which (laughs) I could do some damage on. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to finish it. And a medley of perch. Perch is not a good fish. There's no meat on it. No, it's not. No, it's, it's skin and bone, people. Come on. But I apparently, guess you have to have a medley. Apparently, it's the waitress's favorite dish. Looking at her, yeah, I can get that. <laughs> but Roman says, ma'am, what's the old 96er? She says, oh, that's our Paul Bunyan Blue Ox steak. It's a 96-ounce prime beef steak. And if you or anyone in your party can finish it, then everyone eats for free. And at first, Roman's just like, hey, what do you think, girls? <laughs> and uh, then he's just like, what about you, Chet? Chet's like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. 96 ounces. That doesn't sound that much. Uh, What is that? Eight pounds? It's a big fucking steak is what it is. Let's see. I think, 96. I think a pound is 16 ounces, right? Yeah. It's a six pounder, but that's a lot of meat. That's still a lot of meat, yeah. Because, you know, you go to McDonald's, you get like a quarter pounder, you're full. Well, or, no. Yeah. I Double quarter pounder. 
I used to go to pounder. I used to go to Wendy's and get four quarter pounders with cheese. Shit. That's a lot of beef. Where, where did the beef go? Taylor had it. And then he had the meat sweats. I would also get chicken nuggets and put the chicken nuggets on the burgers. Ooh. The spicy or the regular? Because Wendy's has really good nuggets. This was pre-spicy, so this was just the regular. Okay. I, I'm intrigued now. Uh, yeah, that was when I was in high school and could just eat like a motherfucker. I miss those days. I miss being able to eat like 4,000 calories in a single sitting and not get an ounce. Oh, I know, man. Now I eat 4,000 calories in a week and I gain six pounds. Yeah, exactly. But Roman asked the waitress, has anybody ever eaten one of these things? And she says, not in my lifetime, no. <laughs> it's like, how long has this been going on? Because she's obviously worked there her whole life in some aspect. And she was, what, 45, 50? She doesn't say as long as I've worked here. She says not in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. So this has been going on, I'm guessing, since the 1800s at least. <laughs> as early as the 30s. The chef comes out. He's this big, burly guy with a great, big, bushy beard. A bloody apron, which, you know, if the chef has a bloody apron, I'm not eating anything from that kitchen. <laughs> yeah, he's not a butcher. No, he's the chef. Right. But he just slaps this thing down and Chet immediately just like looks up at him like, oh, my God, what have I done? And I love the chef just like rubs his cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Loosen up them jowls, boy. Was he massaging his jowls? Is that what he was doing? Yeah, I think so. I think he was like rubbing his jowls. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, is that like what it is? Is that like the jowl muscle here where the jaw connects to the skull? Isn't your jowl like down here? Oh, maybe. It, it's like where he was rubbing wherever the jaw connects to the skull. Yeah. But Chet digs in and he gets small bites. Yeah. Small bites. Gets a little more than halfway through. Uh, he's got the meat sweats, something fierce. He, I don't think he's sweating anything more. I think he's just straight up greasy now. <laughs> I think that is straight beef tallow coming from his pores. <laughs> but at this point, there's a crowd gathering. Roman listens to his belly and he's like processing nicely. It's processing nicely. He's good. He's good. And Chet's like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> as long as it's digesting. Chet gets to the last bite. He's, you know, his hand is shaking and he's struggling, but he finally pops it in his mouth. Roman goes up to the chef and he's like, all right, there you go. He did it. And the chef's like, he's not done yet. Roman's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing left on that plate, but gristle and fat. And the chef's just, mm-hmm. just like, uh-huh. And 96 <laughs> ounces start to finish. Chet's just like cowering. He's grabbing Roman's coat. He's like, oh. And it was like a pound and a half fat left too. Yeah, there was a lot. Um, but you can hear Roman say, if I can get a dessert down him, you think you can throw in a couple of Paul Bunyan hats for the kids? <laughs> Such a schemester, that Roman Craig. <laughs> and then we cut to them walking out of the out of the restaurant. Chet's practically having to be carried out, but he's got a shirt that says, I ate an old 96er and everybody's got Paul Bunyan hats. I used to have a shirt like back in high school that says, I ate an old 96er. And people are like, really? I'm like, no. You should get one that says, I ate an old 69er. Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. High five. Wait, we can't high five. We could virtual high five. Virtual high five. Yeah. Uh, that was nerdy. That was the nerdiest it thing we've ever done. Cut that. <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, that night, we see the raccoons again, and they show up, and the garbage cans are gone. They're like, where are the cans? 
one of them says, oh, they must have put him in the cabin. And the other raccoon's like, well, we'll just have to break in. <laughs> and the one's like, can we do that? And he says, yeah. What do you think we have these wonderfully articulate fingers for? To scratch our asses? <laughs> I love the raccoons. Buck misses his date with Cammy because he was busy with his dad eating the old 96er. So he, he goes to the bait shop and Cammy's gone. And this seems like it was like hours later because they were supposed to meet at like nine or ten, right? Uh, she got off at eight. They were supposed to meet at nine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he probably shows up at like 11 or midnight. Who the hell is going to wait around for anybody at like a bait shop for a couple hours? Yeah, it's pitch black by the time he gets there. Yeah. You know, if you're like, hey, dude, meet me at the bait shop. I'm giving you 15 minutes and I don't get a text. <laughs> I'm leaving. Truth. But they go into the cabin and there's just garbage strewn everywhere. And look at the size of the maggots on that meat. <laughs> and Chet's just like. <laughs> <laughs> and like one runs the into the I other love- room and starts puking. Yeah. One of the things I love about this is you can see since it's like off camera before it goes completely off camera. You can see Dan and Aykroyd counting them down to when they react. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah, you can see his hand above me. He's going one. (laughs) And then like a second later, John Candy, you know, pretends to vomit. (laughs) I'll have to rewatch that and look for that. I I noticed it for the first time today and I rewound it a couple of times. Like, oh, crap. He's literally making like, you know, a countdown right there. (laughs) Uh, The next morning, the the boys, the men all go fishing at 5 a.m. But they don't use worms, they use leeches, which I don't know the science behind that. I don't know if there's a specific reason to use leeches when you go fishing. I've been fishing once in my life. I've been fishing numerous times in lakes, ponds, streams, rivers, oceans. Never once used leeches. Not once. I've used WD-40, but I've (laughs) never used leeches. Interesting. Yeah, apparently Sturgeon liked the smell or taste of WD-40. We never caught anything, so I think my grandpa was just a liar. <laughs> and he liked the smell of WD-40. <laughs> but they fall asleep in the boat in the sun, and they wake up, and of course they're all just covered in leeches. And again, no follow-up. Theoretically, they should have some like hickeys on them. Yeah, because they're getting punctured by literally hundreds of tiny little teeth in a circular fashion. Yeah, leeches suck blood, man. Yeah, they pierce the skin and they sometimes they suck hard enough to like suck the little middle skin part out. They suck you off so hard. So hard. Uh, hmm. Buck, Buck calls the restaurant, but the guy who answers says that Cammy's too busy to talk. Chet is making a fire and Roman is just like, you know, you have a thought. I was going to say, yeah. How many times did, you know, Buck call that restaurant for Cammy that day? Since we're on Buck being creepy. That wasn't the one time, right? No, that was definitely not the first time. That was at least time number eight. <laughs> From a payphone, too. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's wasting 10 cents or a quarter, whatever it was back in, you know, 1988. But he called her at least, what, 10, 11 times, right? He, he, he dropped like 250 just making phone calls. Instead of walking there, which would have been much quicker, I would assume. But again, that's probably worse. Well, it was also pouring down rain at this point. Oh, that's a good point. 
but Chet is making a fire. Roman is telling him he's doing it wrong. He's like, you don't crumple the, the paper. You got to twist it. You twist it. You got to simulate kindling. I also say that quite often, especially and, when I'm making a fire. It, yeah, he's right. It works. A hundred percent. But Chet also has a point. You have to warm the flu because if you don't warm the flu, the smoke just comes back into your room. Meanwhile, the human beings are freezing to death. Yeah. <laughs> but Roman says, you know, I, I knew we shouldn't have come here. We should have gone to Europe or Antarctica or Haiti or the Dead Sea. We would have had more fun. <laughs> and Chet's just like, well, that's funny because I don't remember anyone inviting you. And, you know, Roman just says, we, you know, we threw aside our plans. We had this great European vacation planned and we came up here to show these dead asses how to start to <laughs> learn and have a good time. And he's like, thanks for ruining my vacation, Ripley. And Chet is just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> how dare you? He's like ruining your vacation. He's like, I know. I Tell me you did not just say that. <laughs> you know, Roman says, yep, you better believe it. And Chet's like, don't, don't push it. And Roman says, you ain't even seen pushing. He's like, you know the trouble with you? You wouldn't know a good time if it fell out of the sky, landed on your face and started to wiggle. That sounds like a good time, actually. Uh, well, if a good time fell on your face and started to wiggle, I think it would be a good time. Yeah. I think by definition. Yeah. By definition, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, you know, you got you got an awful lot of nerve, Roman. And Roman's like, yeah, well, it served me well. I'm the one at the Mercedes. Chet's like, is it paid for? Ooh. Now we're starting to get into personal levels here. Yeah. And Roman says, you jealous? Chester? Chester. <laughs> How many more movies do we have where we have a guy named Chad or Chester? <laughs> or Chaz. Or Chaz. Aren't we doing Blades of Steel? Or Blades of Glory? I don't I know. I don't think Blades of Glory is rotten. Oh, I thought it was. Because Chaz Michaels Michaels is figure skating. Uh, oh, no, wait. I'm thinking of Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah, that's tough. I was looking at that <laughs> one. Yeah, that one. That one's appropriately uh, rated at 87%. But Chet says, you know, don't call me Chester. Call me that one more time. You're going to go home with a dent in your forehead. Kate stands up and is just like, you know, like to see you try or something. And he's like, you want one to match. Ooh, no, no, no. Chet, Chet, calm down a little bit there. Yeah, Buck gets up and is just like, you know, nobody's going to be denting anybody. And uh, blow it out your ass. Roman's like, thank you. And he goes, bite the big one, Uncle Roman. That's what that was. It. Yeah, I, got, I jumped. I jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah. And uh, his mom says, you know, don't talk to adults that way. And he's like, why not? And Roman says, because it's rude. And Connie goes, I'll blow it out your ass. <laughs> so Roman and Kate get ready to leave. They go up to go pack. And then Chet and Connie are like, don't steal any of our stuff. Kate's like, what stuff? And Connie's like, we got stuff. <laughs> and Kate says, you're a louse. And I love Connie says, oh, go find yourself a spin cycle. Yeah, go find yourself a spin cycle. What does that mean? <laughs> And then Ben's like, does this mean we're not getting a Christmas gift from Uncle Roman? Buck says, blow it out your ass, Ben. <laughs> Connie's like, no. no one is blowing anything out their ass. <laughs> and then Chet's like, I'd like to blow Uncle Roman out my ass. Sounds like you're just going to have to blow the whole family out your ass, Dad. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more about anyone blowing anything out their ass. <laughs> this is a scene that I remember watching this movie on TV and they dubbed it to say, blow it out your kazoo. What? <laughs> I've only seen this like HBO and like renting and owning. I, this was the 
third DVD I ever owned. It would have been the first if I had happened to see it. But I've never seen an edited version of this movie. I mean, these days they'll go ahead and let you say ass. Yeah, blow it out your kazoo. Blow it out your kazoo. And the fact that they say it over and over and over again just makes it ah, so good. I'm going to have to find this. They probably like don't even have that cut on like on TBS or anything anymore. They probably do let them say ass because they say shit all the time for AEW. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit. I'm sure that they get a uh, sure they get a fine for that, but. Probably. But, you know, Tony's, you know, hopped up on coke and a billionaire. So oh, TK can afford it. Yeah. TK can afford that tank. Eh? We couldn't, but he could. They're like, do you, do you kids know what this means? And Ben says uh, that Aunt Kate and Uncle Roman are incredible buttheads, right? And they're like, exactly. <laughs> so Roman puts all the stuff in the car, goes to gather up his kids. And I think now is a good time. Once again, for Splatterpiece Theater. Hey, oh, you will be playing Chet. Okay. I'll be playing Roman. All right. Normally, I like to do usually like a funny scene or a uh, like a, a funny line or something. This is actually just a very poignant scene, and it's going to get a little emotional. All right, so you're playing Roman, I'm playing Chet. Yes, so you have the first line there. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, tell me when the veil is drawn. You all packed? Actually. I just took a moment to think things over, and I'm going to tell you something I had previously decided not to. I came up here for a reason, Chet. I came up here to talk to you about an investment. In fact, I came up to solicit $25,000 from you. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Hey, look. A unique investment opportunity came my way. I'm sitting in the office trying to figure out a short list of people that I'm going to bless with this opportunity, and I say bless because it is so good and so sure it should be illegal. And it probably is. Well, it's not. It's inside, but it's not illegal. The upside is phenomenal. The downside is zip. I'm sitting there thinking about the people I might want to involve in this venture. Well, your name came up. Why? Because you are blood. You are family. If a guy can't help his family, what the hell good is he? Fact of the matter is, Chet, I came up here to offer you a chance to make some really big money. Well, it's funny you didn't mention this before. You didn't want to talk about money. Baloney. Hey, look, I was picking my moment. You were picking your nose. You know, there's no mystery here. Chet, I know how you really feel about me. Oh, do you? Yep. And I knew that if I was ever going to give you something, you'd figure there'd be strings attached. Is that a fact? Yeah, that's a fact. At our wedding, you were in the John with Kate and Connie's dad. You were talking. Do you happen to remember the substance of that conversation? No, I don't. Yeah? Well, I do. It's one I'll never forget. Because I heard you say... And I quote, that Roman Craig is a crooked son of a bitch. Next time you stab somebody in the back, Chester, you better check under the stalls for feet. You know, you may think I'm made of armor and nails, man, but I'm just like any other human. And when I get cut, it hurts. And that cut me. And I hurt. Roman, I'm I'm sorry. I, I had a lot to drink that night. And uh, I really don't remember saying that. But if you said I did, then... I must have. I apologize to you both. It was a terrible thing to say. Look, I don't hold grudges, and I don't have any hard feelings. To show you I'm the kind of guy who can forgive and forget, I'd still like to offer you a piece of that investment. And scene. I was... 
I was so hoping you would pick this up because as, as I was rewatching this today, I was just thinking like how like a lot of comedies nowadays, they go for like the cheap laugh or like, you know, the over the top physical comedy or anything like that. And it's just like one thing after another. It's just like, there's no time to breathe. Whereas like, you know, these great eighties comedies, you know, they had moments like this where you kind of feel bad for like, the antagonist a little bit throughout the whole thing. He's like, Oh crap. Well, now I feel like an asshole for, you know, hating this guy. And it, there's just like so much more depth to an eighties comedy. And I, granted there's some eighties comedies that don't do this, but like a John Hughes, movie. Yeah. all John Hughes movies are like this. And again, John Hughes is a fucking legend. Why? Because he puts moments in his films like this. Fully agreed. Yeah. And you, you're like, looking at Chet, who's just like devastated by this. And you're just like, he's man, like, he's oh my God, kind of an so... asshole. Yeah. It's like Roman's not the asshole. Chet's the asshole. Yeah. And you're like, you, you, yeah, you get the double turn, uh, you know, a wrestling term right here. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I hate Chet now. And Roman, Hey, I like that Roman guy. And yet Chet writes, writes Roman a check. He says, you know, he can't cover the full 25 K, but he'll write him a check for what he can. Roman will cover the difference and uh, they'll, they'll square things up on Monday. So Roman and Kate hit the road and Kate is telling Roman that she's so proud of him for uh, including Chet in this opportunity. You know, he's so good with money and it's so great that he's helping family with his gift. And suddenly Roman just slams on the brakes and he's like, I got to go back. Uh Oh, there's trouble here. Meanwhile, Buck goes to the carnival to look for Cammy. Just keeps stalking her. Just creeping around. What a fucking asshole. Seriously. Like, you know, I, I kind of noticed this like early on, but like, you know, when you're younger, I was like, oh, it's kind of romantic because, you know, that's romance in like young people's eyes. But now I'm like, dude, just lay off. It's over. Go back to Chicago or wherever you're from. Yeah. Leave her alone. And you're like, Cammy, run. I know you've never left the town, but maybe just go like three steps outside of like, you know, the town border. He will never find you. If there. you keep doing this, you're never going to leave this town because you're going to end up. He's going to be wearing your skin. Yeah. And you'll be in one of those medical waste uh, barrels that's buried in the bottom of the lake <laughs> after Roman gets done with it. Yeah. Speaking of Roman, he rips up the check. Meanwhile, the twins have gone back to the mine. God damn creepy little girls. This ruin everything. Roman admits to Kate that he's he's a fraud. Uh, he says, you know, from my $15 imitation Bally slip-ons to our imitation Rolexes, we're broke. She's so offended. Yeah. He says, we're broke, we're bankrupt, we're busted. He says, I haven't been trading in over two years. Uh, I had this great investment that kind of got away from me, and I lost my seat uh, at the, the stock market. And so, you know, he kind of comes to terms with everything apologize to everyone and then he admits that the story about the wedding was completely made up <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> meanwhile it has started raining outside and we see reg running for cover and he gets struck by lightning again 67 congratulations reg <laughs> the power goes what's out it, in the cabin what's up that's what's amazing is reg just kept running too it didn't drop him <laughs> oh he's probably used to it by now yeah, he's like, oh, that kind of itches. <laughs> uh, the power goes out of the cabin. Roman, can't, they can't find the flashlight, so Roman pulls out his lighter, and he, it won't light. So he's like, $110 for a lighter that doesn't even work. Chet flicks his open. He's like, 79 cents. Seems too much for a lighter back in 1988. 
I don't know why. It just sounds like you should have lighters that cost like, you know, 40 cents at most. Yeah. I I don't know why. I mean, I remember when you used to be able to buy cigarettes and they would just give you a lighter. Shit. I don't remember that, but I never <laughs> bought cigarettes. I didn't either, but I had friends who smoked and I remember they would go, okay. to, they would go and buy cigarettes and the guy would just be like, do you need a lighter? And they'd be like, yeah. And he would just hand it to him. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we see the girls going into the mine and they finally talk. I don't know why they talk at this moment because like nothing they're saying is important. They're literally just like, it's over this way. No, it's over that way. Come here. Follow me. Yeah, you're right. Like I never noticed that like, this was the first time that they ever spoke. I've seen this movie at least 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but I don't understand why. Like I, they didn't speak because they were being creepy. So but, like why all of a sudden have them start talking now? It's a good question. I don't know. But they fall into the mine. They like slide down and get stuck down. They can't crawl back up. Chet and Roman go looking for him. They finally find him in the mine. Uh, but Roman says he can't go in after them because he's claustrophobic and he gets in a tight space and he gets he locks up. And Chet gives him this pep talk and he's like, you know, go in there and, and be their father. For once in their life, be their father. So Roman starts climbing down and Chet's like, all right, I'm going to go find a rope. Just don't think about anything like tight spaces like a submarine or a coffin <laughs> or anything. <laughs> It's like, that's not you know, helpful. No, not helpful at all. And you know, as he's going down this tube, you know what I thought a place would have this as a ride at? We've already recorded bonus content for this that we're not going to release yet, but... Um, uh, Action Park? Yeah, I was like, oh, this would be a totally a ride in Action Park. <laughs> what dynamite and all? <laughs> uh, yeah, Roman gets to the bottom and he notices that the, me- the the mine is full of wet old dynamite. But what he doesn't notice is that it's also filled with a bald headed bear. Big bald headed bear. That's a big ass bear. It is 1500 pounds. Jesus. Yeah, that's a big bear. But so Roman has the girls climb on his back, climbs up out of the mine, heads back to the cabin. Chet doesn't notice. So he comes back with the rope. And he thinks they're still down there. So he throws the rope down there and Bart, the bald headed bear grab, <laughs> grabs the rope and Chet drags him up. And I love he like drags him up and he falls right at the very end. And he's like, I did it. I did it. And he looks up and he's just like bald headed bear. <laughs> and so oh. he takes off running and somehow outruns this bear, which I couldn't outrun this bear. I, a, a fit person couldn't outrun a bear. Like, No, bears run at like 35 to 40 miles an hour. I think the fastest humans ever been clocked at is like 22 and a half. Yeah, Ch- Chet would be bear food. Yeah, Chet's not going above three. And that's downhill. Chet, yeah. would, Chet would be bear dump by now. <laughs> yes, he would be bear shit. But he gets back to the cabin, throws open the door and like closes it behind him. Connie's like, oh, hey, you want me to make you a sandwich? And he's like, big, 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 big. Okay. Okay, I'll make, make, you, a, I'll make you a big sandwich. And he's like, oh, big, big bear, big bear, big bear chase, big bear chase. And they're like, what are you trying to say? And he's like, big bear chase me. <laughs> Suddenly the door comes down on top of him. The bear is standing on the door, crushing Chet. And now that they know that bear weighed 1,500 pounds. Kudos to the stuntman for taking that for God knows how long. Yeah, no kidding. Those shots. Roman tries to fight off the bear with a poker. There's some really great Dan Aykroyd facial expressions in this scene. 
Oh, especially when like the bear goes up on its hind legs. It's like peak Ackroyd, where he's just like frozen in fear, mouth open six and a half feet. Yeah, it doesn't make a sound though. It's great. No. Yeah, and he's like leaning back at like what 30 degrees. He's like yeah. he's almost horizontal to the ground. <laughs> it's so good. Uh Chet gets the door propped up. He's just like, Big Bear, chase me. <laughs> this big but suddenly the door comes crashing down again, and it's Wally with the shotgun lamp. That he plugs in. That he plugs in. I was like, why do you need to plug it in? Maybe the fire and cap needs electricity. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But Chad is just like, that's just a goddamn lamp. And Wally's like, but it's loaded. <laughs> Hold on. Slow up. Bullets don't have an infinite shelf life. This is true. I mean, maybe he loaded it before he came. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But eventually Chet grabs the gun from him, aims, and shoots the bear right in the butt. And just just blasts blows. Just blasts all the hair off this dog's butt. Big old bear butt cheeks hanging out. (laughs) The bear starts whimpering, runs off into the woods. Yeah, that was a prosthetic. I thought forever I thought they just shaved like the head and the ass of the bear. (laughs) Uh, Buck goes to the dock to just kind of, oh, it's it's their last night and he's just kind of lamenting Cammy leaving him and all of a sudden she shows up and she says, look, I want you to go back to Chicago, a crazed, lovesick maniac who compares every girl he meets to me. And he's, that like, oh. is... he's like, okay, deal. Deal. And then they make out. But uh, what he says before this, he's like, Cammy. I hope you don't hate me wherever you are. <laughs> like, dude, come on. He Cheesy. told this. Th- Buck became a serial killer, right? Had At to. At least, yeah. I mean, as far as we know, he didn't even get laid. No. He didn't even get his dick wet. No. At least a really dry hand job in a boat. At most, you mean? At most. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If she's like, go back to Chicago, a crazed, lovesick maniac, he should have been like, but I don't even know what you're like in bed. So how can I compare yeah. other women to you? Because we all know Chicago is just full of whores. <laughs> whores. I can't say whore anymore. It's always whore. Thanks, whores. Danny DeVito. Yeah. Just like I can't say po- I can't say po- Poconos. <laughs> Poconos. It's always Poconos. Poconos. <laughs> Some dude from the Poconos. <laughs> What is that from? Always Sunny. It, oh, that's right. It's like I was picturing people, but they didn't have faces. It was always the, the, the Christmas episode where he says he bought the snow machine from some dude in the Poconos. <laughs> that's right. That's what it was like. I heard the snow, snow machine Poconos. I'm like, where is that from? But so the next morning, everyone's getting ready to go. You know, Roman and Chet make amends. And then Roman is like, all right, race you home. And Chet's just like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Race you home. And he looks at Connie and he's like, why would he say race you home? And she's like, it's just till he gets back on his feet. We have plenty of room. And he's like, wait, what are you saying? And she's like, she's like, if he beats us, he'll get the good spot in the garage. And so then Buck walks up and uh, Chad is just like, Buckley. He's like, Chester. And they hug and then he's just like, Get the hell in the car. We got to beat Uncle Roman. <laughs> <laughs> and then the closing credits 
are over a dance sequence at the bar to the, the tune of Land of a Thousand Dances by Wilson Pickett. Which, uh, was this I, is Wilson Pickett version because it said it was by the Elwood Blues Review in the credits. Oh, I don't know. I did like the the Google version of Shazam on my phone and it said Wilson. Oh, Pickett. gotcha. Yeah, I, so, he was like the, the most popular version, but like 10 people covered this song, it turns out. This is a song I never knew the name of, but I've heard a thousand times. Yeah. Like did if, you dance to it a thousand times? It, no. <laughs> but if you don't know it by name, it's the song that goes na 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 Hit me now. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. And there's just this dance scene with like Roman and Connie are dancing and there's just a bunch of other people randomly dancing in the bar. It's not related to anything, but it's a fun little... Yeah, I was saying watch. It's like I never like, you know, once the credits hit, usually it's like I stop paying attention, but I always watch this scene like every time. It's like an Avengers movie. Yeah, you just got to wait. Yeah. So, I mean, we we gushed already about how much we both love this movie. Uh, Like I said, this is one that I grew up watching with my dad a lot. It's one that I love to quote. You know, I thought they just because of the ending, I always wanted a sequel. Yeah, it just like opened itself up for a sequel just to have like, you know, Roman and Chet in like a small house as like, you know, they come to the realization that Buck killed Roman's kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the movie writes itself pretty much. Well, maybe not that storyline, but I thought, you know, John Hughes, I don't think ever did sequels, but I think they could have got away with a decent sequel on this one. I mean, Home Alone, too. I don't know if John Hughes, I I think John Hughes wrote Home Alone 2, right? Uh, Maybe. Hold on. But yeah, other than that, I don't think there was, there was no 17 candles or. (laughs) Yeah, or pretty in red. Yeah. Or ready in red. The brunch club. Ooh. I eat the shit out of some brunch right now. (laughs) Yeah, he did Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3. Oh, he did 3 too. Yeah, he wrote it. Interesting. and And produced it. Oh, he did. All the National Lampoon movies. He did oh. Class Reunion, Vacation, European Vacation. Yerp, yerp. He, I don't think he did Vegas, though. Vegas wasn't very good. No, Vegas sucked. Well, that We won't be doing Vegas, people, so don't ask for it. But it did have Ethan Embry as Rusty. That's true, it did. There was a new Rusty every goddamn time. Yep. I think there's a new uh, Audrey as well. Yep. I think, yeah, there was a new one every single time. You are correct, sir. Well, apparently, Aykroyd is working on a sequel with uh, Deutsch right now called The Great Outlaws, which would bring Roman back as a Ponzi scheme guy who victimizes federal agents. Really? And they're looking for a candy-type figure to come into the film. Hmm. The only person I can think of is Kevin James, but I would not watch that. No. Kevin James is terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like, my mind immediately goes to Adam Polly, but I don't think he's old enough. Ooh. But he could play a really good... Ben. Ben. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Ackroyd <laughs> and Polly together? Yeah. Sold. 100%. I'll watch but anything. With... There's also been talk of a remake. That looks like it's been killed officially. With Kevin Hart? Yeah. That one, it was in developmental hell... And I think it was officially killed like a couple years ago. Good. Thank that's, God. That seemed like a bad idea. 
Yeah, like who was going to play? Like Kevin Hart would have been Chet, right? Like who would have been so. Roman? The Rock? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that might have been okay. They're they're always in shit together, so I just kind of assumed. That's true. It probably would have been The Rock because The Rock's in everything. <laughs> I mean, he is franchise Viagra. That's true. He will save your franchise. Uh, yeah, I don't know how anybody could not like this movie. John Hughes, Dan Aykroyd, and John Candy all together. What's not, not to like? The... Yeah. It's... And this, this movie is funny. It's heartfelt. Like we said, it's poignant. It's got these moments of like deeply emotional moments. Uh, yeah, I said moments of moments because I'm a fucking genius. Yeah, it has like father and son. It has various family dynamics. has like a good relationship to base things off of, a bad relationship, um, a budding teenage romance that's just really creepy. I mean, there's there, there's a little something for everybody. from Creepy like, twins. You know, creepy twins from people who like The Shining to future serial killers to Ponzi scheme guys. I mean, there's a lot to like for, you know, any type of walk of life you're in. Bald-headed bears. Bald-headed bears. Rest in peace, Bart. Yeah, and I mean the comedy is just hilarious. It's a, it's absolutely hilarious. You've got your slapstick. You know, you, anytime you have Dan Aykroyd, and John Candy, you're going to have some slapstick in there. So of you've got your slapstick moments, but you've also got your your wit and your dry humor. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know how anybody could not like this movie. I, this it, this might be my favorite one we've done so far. Me too. I think to me, this is like the antithesis of like '80s comedy. This is like what you should strive to be, even now. It's like, give me all these elements in a, in a comedy movie. I mean, you know, Judd Apatow tries, but he doesn't hit it like John Hughes does. Yeah, I mean, Judd Apatow makes some really great stuff, but he, I don't think he has the track record that John Hughes. He, he has put out some stinkers, too. Yeah, and John Hughes really didn't. I mean... I mean, we, we ran down the list already, but... Yeah, I mean, just like, just like recalling the list. I mean, what was a bad John Hughes movie on this list? I think the worst one is potentially Home Alone 3. Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, he he grand slams everything else. Yeah, I agree. If if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, first of all, I don't know why you listened to this first without watching it. You should have watched it first. Yeah, what but is wrong with you? You should definitely go watch this movie. Um, you're gonna have to rent it, but it's it's worth it. It's three ninety nine. Just anywhere. Just, yeah, just buy it's it. Bucks just to, buy it to your it. collection. Just buy it. Yeah. Because this is one you you can watch every year. You can watch this every summer. It's a good way to kick off summer. It really is. Absolutely. Especially if you're going on a family trip to a cabin. Yeah. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Put anything you want in the text box. Say, you know, this is a shot. Say, uh, uh, this is a, you know, say something about a bald-headed bear. Tell us the whole legend of the bald-headed bear. Answer, does a bear shit in the woods, you know? I assume so. Tell us how much you love Zagnut. I wonder if there's like some on eBay. I don't know. Do they still make them? I think, I, I thought it said it discontinued in 70, or 2009. God, I'm surprised it was that recent. I don't know if yeah. that I've ever seen a Zagnut in person. Apparently you can get a bag of them on Amazon for 30 bucks. There you go. Uh, we don't have a P.O. box or anything, but if anybody wants to buy us a bag of Zagnuts, we'll give you an address. Yeah, we'll we'll try it. I wonder. If... Damn. How old are those? Yeah, that's a little <laughs> sketchy. Yeah. 
But you can also it's a little burlap bag full of Zag nuts. It's a burlap bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send this. I'm gonna link to each of this. Check your tax. Um, but you can also go to cultasplat.com, find out where to subscribe to the show. Uh, you can also donate to the show. We have merch available if you're interested in that. So make sure to head over to, to cultasplat.com. That is the largest link I've ever seen in my life, Kevin. I apologize. That's what Amazon gave me. It is indeed a little burlap sack full of Zagnuts. Told you. In a 30 box, you only get 12. It has coconut? I didn't see that. It says flavor, coconut, peanut. Huh. Crunchy, is... crunchy peanut butter and toasted coconut. says right on the side of the package. Okay, I might have to go to like, we have like these candy shops around that have like old candy bars. I wonder if they have any. I'm going to have to try this. Oh yeah, I wonder if they have it at like Rocket Fizz. You guys have Rocket Fizz down there? Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about, Rocket Fizz. Oh, there you go. We got Rocket Fizz up here too. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Yeah, you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Cultus Platt. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Taylor Bartle, and you can follow Kevin at Kevin Escoda on Twitter and Escoda, D-U-H, on the Instagram. There you have it. So enjoy your summer. Uh, we're about halfway through Summer Splat. So we've got two more of those episodes coming up. Hope to see you next week. Until then, see ya. Bye.